Welcome to You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind with Katherine Potter. Are you ready to deep dive into a better understanding of how your mind, body, and relationships to everything else in your world come together? For the next hour, we invite you to embark on a journey of discovery and connections. Now, here's your host, Katherine Potter. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Catherine Potter, and I'd like to welcome you to the first show of You, the Universe, and the Holistic Mind. Each week, we're going to explore a fascinating world where we look at things in a holistic, interconnected way. As we do, it'll open up the door to the exploration of natural laws, such as cause and effect. Um, that's kind of like karma. And it'll give us an opportunity to work more mindfully and creatively with these natural laws. Over time, we'll look at the relationship between the visible manifest world and what sits and exists on a seed level in the unseen and the not yet manifest world. As the famous Dr. Seuss once said, oh, the places we'll go. So as a person becomes more holistic in their thinking, it's easier, it becomes much easier to see how everything, you, me, the cosmos, are interwoven and in relationship. For this first show, we're going to explore and look at how um, a holistic perspective starts with us. And it starts by us forming a deeper relationship to ourselves. We all know, we've heard a million times, that there's a connection between our mind, our emotions, and our body. And ideally, they're communicating with each other. There are really simple practices to create that communication. For example, just even remembering to take a breath a few times throughout a day and make sure our mind and our body is in the same place. Often our mind will be running ahead of us and our body is in a room somewhere and our mind is in the future or in the past and it creates stress. Or when we're in a situation... If we give ourselves an opportunity to just for a second stop and not only question what we're thinking, but how we feel about something. And that helps us, these simple practices helps us to keep that communication between our mind, our thoughts, our emotions, and our bodies. However, from time to time, we all need a little help untangling our inner knots and kinks. Sometimes there's information that lives within us, values, beliefs, things we've inherited that we don't even realize. So during those periods, either stressful periods or discovery periods, it's helpful to find someone trained in body-centered modalities. Today's guest, Jerry Ayuti, is a massage therapist who specializes in cranial sacral therapy. So Jerry, I'd like to welcome you to the show. I'm really glad that uh, you're here to help us understand a little bit about massage therapy and cranial psychotherapy. So let's just start with you've been a massage therapist for 30 years. Can you tell us what other techniques you've studied over the years? Sure thing, Catherine. First of all, I just want to say how honored I am to be here on your first uh, first show. And um, I'm looking forward to this interesting conversation we're going to have. Yes, thank you. <laughs> oh, me too. Me yeah. too. Anyway, um, yeah, after studying massage therapy, um, I think as soon as I graduated, I decided that um, after such a hands-on approach that was very physical, I wanted to learn a little bit about uh, the energetic body. And so I, I started studying Reiki. 
Um, I also was into studying movement type therapies. I studied continuum and trigger psychophysical integration, which gave me a real sense of my own body and an awareness of being grounded and then being able to impart that to other people um, through movement and flow. Uh, that that was a big part of my training, actually, very early in my very early years. And when I first met cranial sacral therapy, it was in the early 90s, and um, and I studied a number of modalities that are related to cranial sacral therapy after that. So. so one of the things I've noticed, and I've actually had an opportunity to go for you for a session, so I know how skilled you are. Um, you know, quite a few massage therapists do. Uh, study cranial sacral but one of the things I love about you is you have just taken it and continued your studies with it and I think you've studied with a a few different institutions is that correct yeah for sure I mean uh, I think one of the things for me about cranial sacral therapy that got me right away was it just instilled or just felt really curious about it it was so different from any other modality I'd ever encountered Um, there was uh, such a gentleness about the approach but it had such profound effects and so that just intrigued me to go, hey, I want to learn more about this. Mm-hmm. And I started off with the Upledger Institute, which um, has a number of modalities even under it, other than cranial, well, it does cranial sacral therapy, but there's lymph drainage techniques and uh, visceral manipulation. And right now I'm studying neural manipulation. So um, there's a number of different techniques you can learn through that institute. And, but that wasn't enough for me. I kind of was like, well, I want to know how, how this all came to be. How did this osteopath Dr. John Upledger take all that take all that information where did it come from so I started looking at the roots in osteopathy did some studies with some osteo uh, osteopaths from uh, Europe um, and then even study some biodynamic approaches which are a little bit different some spiritual approaches kind of a spiritual cranial sacral therapy approach so I've done a lot of different just kind of delving in and examining hey what's this approach like compared to this one and that's yeah. great. Yeah. So um, I know cranial sacral can work on different levels, but let's just start on a physical level. And so um, let me uh, just tell us what types of physical treatments can cranial sacral help us with. Right. Um, well, cranial sacral therapy, because it's addressing the tissues that surround the brain and the spinal cord, which is their central nervous system, because it's a- addressing any restrictions in there, you can have far-reaching effects anywhere in the body because all your cranial nerves, which are specialized nerves that address um, the sensory organs in your in your head, in your face, your eyes, your ears, your taste, that sort of thing, as well as all the spinal nerves that come out of your spine, um, are affected by that um, membrane that's surrounding the brain and spinal cord. So, and craniosacral therapy specifically addresses that membrane and those fluids within the central nervous system so that's why you can have such far-reaching effects um it's kind of my primary more modality and um for anything like pain syndromes or um any kind of neurology it's really great for de- dealing with stress-related problems or insomnia um, anxiety, especially mm-hmm. for anxiety, which I've worked a lot with teens with anxiety. It's great for working with that. Um, but even more specifically, if there's a brain uh, trauma or spinal injury, uh, a concussion, um, 
all sorts of things. What about headaches? I was just ready to say, what about, um, like, I know some people who get migraines. Migraines. What about migraine headaches, that type of thing? Migraines, headaches, eye problems, ear problems, um, TMJ, so temporal manipulator joint dysfunction. any post-traumatic stress disorder or reintegration after surgery or dental treatments. Okay, interesting. So, very quickly, um, is there anybody who should not be using cranial sacral? Like, is there any type of condition that cranial sacral would not be good for? Well, if there's any um, condition that where slight changes into in the intracranial pressure and that's you know where the cerebral spinal fluid inside your head is going to be affected if there's any conditions where that would negatively impact the person then you don't want to do cranial sacral therapy so a recent brain hemorrhage or stroke an aneurysm um, a recent spinal tap or puncture you you want to look for someone who's advanced even a concussion, you don't want to just go to someone who's had, you know, one cranial sacral therapy course, right? So exactly. you have to, you have to yeah. be a little selective or a recent fracture of the skull or something like that. Um, it's not like these, um, some of these things can't be treated, but you want to make sure you have a therapist that's very aware of fluid flows in the head and has been experienced with dealing with those kind of conditions. Okay. And so, um, Typically, would you want would you want somebody to um, let their doctor know if they have some type of condition to say, hey, just so you know that I'm um, working with a cranial sacral therapist? Well, uh, you know, uh, ultimately, um, my training tells me all the time that you should check in with your medical doctor if you have an extreme condition like that, and just check in with them and see will I be ne- negatively affected by changes in the fluid pressure inside my head. Okay. So ultimately, that's what it comes down to. So this, of course, addresses the whole thing about being holistic. Often when we're working with complementary modalities, we tend to forget that it's really good if we can work with our complementary modalities, but it does not mean that we should not still be working with the Western um, model of of health, right? And so the whole point of being holistic. Mm -hmm. Well, and so often I'll have people ask, me a question like well I'm going for cranial sacral should I also go for acupuncture and I'm just kind of like of the mentality that the more you have the more it helps you and you should ask your own body excellent so we're about to go to break and when we come back we're going to talk about cranial sacral and how it can help emotional blocks and so um, stay tuned and come back and we'll be back with Jerry on you the universe and the holistic mind Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you curious about your unique astrological blueprint? Would you like guidance on how to work consciously with the planetary cycles affecting your life? Are you ready to expand your horizons and release limiting beliefs or patterns that inhibit your growth and happiness? With insight, compassion, and experience, Catherine Potter holds a clear place for your unfolding evolution. For more information, go to CatherinePotter.ca. That's CatherinePotter.ca. Are you a budding or closet metaphysician, mystic, or astrologer? Do you want to find out about upcoming programs, workshops, lectures, or retreats? 
You'll want to sign up for Catherine's free monthly newsletter and stay up to date with informative articles and workshop information. Visit CatherinePotter.ca to subscribe. From astrology to hypnotherapy and mysticism, you'll stay up to date on classes, consultations, and more. Visit CatherinePotter.ca and stay in touch today. Tune in to Lead Up for Women. Speak up to Lead Up as we celebrate the influence of women in business and beyond. Your hosts, Colleen Biggs and Dee Daniels, speak with guests who have stories to share, have faced adversity, and have become success stories in business, in their communities, and in personal accomplishments. Join the strong and the brilliant ones and understand that the world is ready for you to be at your best. Lead Up for Women is heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is you, the universe, the holistic mind with Katherine Potter. To reach the show today, please send an email to Potter at shaw.ca. That's Potter at shaw.ca. Now back to you, the universe, the holistic mind. Welcome back, everybody. I'm talking today with our guest, Jerry Iudi, and she's a cranial sacral therapist specialist. We've been discussing about what it can do on a physical level, but cranial sacral also um, works really well for helping to unblock emotions. Jerry, did you want to tell us a little bit about that? Okay, sure. Um, well, first of all, I can tell you that my approach is always um, to work with the person on a holistic way. So I approach the person from a place of understanding that um, their body is a manifestation of everything they've experienced in their life. Some things open us up, make us feel more like ourselves, and some things shut us down for some reason, whether that's a physical trauma or an emotional event or a spiritual event. Um, And so a somatomotional release basically addresses tissue memory. So something to do with... um, Uh, in your body where there's an emotion or a spiritual event that hasn't been resolved for some reason. So, um, and we all, of course, we all have stresses, right? right, So it doesn't always have to be a massive, terrible thing that happened. I mean, we all must store stress from different things that we're not even aware of, correct? Right, exactly. And um, so, you know, a somato-emotional release happens on the table usually because it's a good time for the client. Maybe they're experiencing something in their life that's reactivating something from the past or an emotion or an event that is very similar to a pattern maybe from the past that has some meaning to them still that hasn't been resolved. And so it comes up again um, maybe at that time when they're on the table with me. I can't really make a somatic emotional release happen. It just happens because the person's in the right place at the right time with the right person, right? So... For example, let's say somebody has some type of injury. Usually if we have an injury, there's an an emotional charge with it also. So would you, for example, would that also be that maybe the injury is recovered 
but not the emotion that was tied into it? Certainly. Um, I think that um, there are incidences when people have uh, a physical trauma of some sort that has an emotional component to it and it hasn't been resolved, even with something like a surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, I've often seen on the table that um, a person will have a somatoemotional release where the emotions come up, and then another session about the same thing, but more of the physical sensations come up. So, you know, the body kind of separates it out so it can deal with it, right? And the somatoemotional release is when the emotions associated with that surgery or that physical event come up. And the person um, needs to address or re- release them in some way. Or sometimes it's just a matter of witnessing and acknowledging it. And that's all it is. Okay, so I love that. Because I've often felt that when we go to a counselor or we go to a body counselor, a body therapist, that they're becoming our observers, that there's things that live within us, emotions or, you know, feelings or values that we're not even aware of, and then just being in the presence of somebody and and they're holding a space for that, that we're able to, there are are observers, we're able then to release something because it's seen as opposed to sitting hidden beneath the surface of our conscious awareness. Would you agree with that? Oh, for sure. I think that um, um, we don't put enough importance on the fact of witnessing something, right? And how important it is sometimes to just, um, even in mindfulness meditation, I think they talk about labeling your emotions. Mm-hmm. You know, giving a word to what you're feeling in terms of bodily sensations or physical reactions to what has happened. And when you put a label on it, it allows you to become more of a witness of it and separate your attachment to it in some way so that you can be aware of it from a non-judgmental sort of place. Very nice. So obviously the person you're working with, the therapist, the body-centered therapist, also needs to be in a non-judgmental place, right? So somehow I think the training um, that a person would go through, it, it goes way beyond the technique and also about holding a place of compassion or holding a place of Uh, judgment or being able to stay in your own skin, right? What happens? I'm just curious here. What happens if I have a particular event and then it triggers um, something in you that's unresolved? Um, Well, of course, there's always that. You have to be able to be aware of your own stuff and and put it to the side ground yourself be aware of what's yours and what's not yours um all those things about boundaries that i think you know we work with every day of our lives Mm -hmm. just by being human beings right i agree which of course is why you want to go to somebody who's well trained and skilled right so so you can just be in that safe place to release whatever you need to release and they're holding place for you Mm -hmm. yeah and it's not an easy thing. Holding space is, really calls you to be present in a way that is can be very profound, I think, in everybody's life, right? I mean, we walk around in our lives, we're in that hamster wheel of answering emails, answering phone calls, getting supper ready, got the grocery list going in your head, all that sort of stuff, where you're not really being actually present with what's happening in that moment, right? And so the wonderful thing about cranial sacral therapy is that it really calls you home to being present in the here and now in such a profound way even as a therapist or as a recipient it is incredible yes I love that so 
that, of course, is one of the ways that you learn to deepen the connection to your own self too, mm-hmm. to hold space for others, but to deepen the connection to your own self. Mm-hmm. Really nice. I have a great example for you. I read a quote um, by the Buddhist monk uh, Thich Nhat Hanh. Yes. And it, uh, he was talking about walking meditation, and he said, when you walk, arrive with every step. There is nothing else to it. And so that day, I spent the whole day thinking, how about if I arrive with my hands? Hmm. Every moment I move my hands to another place, I just totally and completely arrive. It was such a new thought to me. I know it sounds kind of silly, but it was such an incredibly profound thought to me to completely arrive. Yeah, I think it doesn't sound silly at all. And I know um, from being, you know, I'm somebody who occasionally will go for body-centered therapies. And I can tell when um, the therapist is present and there with me and not disconnected. And so I think just in your personal life, but what you're saying is you show up and you're there and nothing else exists in the world at that moment than you and your client. And your hands are there and your head is there and your heart is there. And that's the kind of therapist we all want to go to, right? Well, ultimately, that's the way you'd like to be all the time. All the time. But I think the the important thing is to, even when you're not, like when both you and your client have run across the block and out of the room and in in a situation where you feel like you've escaped, um, to be able to come back together from a place of non-judgment and say, oh, I was gone for a moment there, but now I'm here again, right? Um, so it's get it's easy to get caught up in the feelings, whether it's your client's feelings or your own feelings, but be able to come back gently in each moment and just go from a non-judgmental place, here I am again, because none of us are perfect. And that's also in everyday life. Of course. Right? There will be things that kick us out of our body or, you know, we've been too busy doing things or on the internet too much or whatever. And to take that breath and say, I'm here now and it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay. But the noticing that we haven't been there is uh, present to ourselves. I think it is also part of um, growth. Mm-hmm. So, so we're going to take this down a level. We're talking about, you know, um, releasing emotional blocks from, you know, possible tra- traumas, injuries, that type of thing. But here's what I would like to know a little bit more about, and you're the person to help me with this. I have heard also that, that there that different types of um, body-centered therapies, through them we connect to our ancestral and or past memories, that we're not just storing uh, our own emotions and memories, we may also be holding um, our mothers, our grandmothers, our you know, our siblings, whatever. And so I'd like to find out a little bit more about that. Sure. Um, Well, I think the first thing that comes to mind is that um, we often think of ourselves as very separate from everything else or everyone else. But, you know, we spend the first seven or how many years of our life with our parents. um, And when we're very young, we're often modeling that behavior and stuff like that, right? So those whole patterns and ways of being and behaviors are taught at a very young age. But also there's the fact that um, you start your life inside your grandmother. So the egg that was you, Catherine, was inside your mother when she was a fetus, which was inside your grandmother's womb. 
So we are really all very interconnected because you started off as that little cell uh, 20 weeks into your grandmother's uh, pregnancy. So there is that interconnection within ancestors, and certainly it does come up on the table quite frequently. Hmm. Okay, so my mind is just running with the implications of this. This is fascinating. You know, and really brings us into that idea that everything is interwoven and interconnected. And yes, we have a physical body, but things exist on many, many, many levels. So um, we're going to go to break in a moment, but when we come back, I'd like us to pursue that, go a little bit deeper with that, and let's talk about some examples and why we're actually holding a particular pattern. And so uh, we're getting ready to break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about what you're holding that is inherited and what you're meant to do with it. Because if you're holding it, you've made it yours, right? And so what are we going to do with that? So you're listening to Jerry Iudi. We're talking about cranial sacral. And we are going to go a little bit deeper now and talk about why you're holding a particular pattern in your body that you've inherited from somebody else or an emotion in your body. All right. And so we're about to take our break and tune back in and we'll find out more about what are you holding in your emotional body. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you curious about your unique astrological blueprint? Would you like guidance on how to work consciously with the planetary cycles affecting your life? Are you ready to expand your horizons and release limiting beliefs or patterns that inhibit your growth and happiness? With insight, compassion, and experience, Katherine Potter holds a clear place for your unfolding evolution. For more information, go to katherinepotter.ca. That's katherinepotter.ca. It's time to transform your life. Start by tuning in to The Glenise Show with Glenise Hughes. Glenise combines business, relationships, wealth, life, and a whole lot of magic to create abundance and prosperity in every part of your life. It's all done through straight and often frank discussions in the best way that Glenise knows how. Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Master your life with The Glenise Show. Are you a budding or closet metaphysician, mystic, or astrologer? Do you want to find out about upcoming programs, workshops, lectures, or retreats? You'll want to sign up for Catherine's free monthly newsletter and stay up to date with informative articles and workshop information. Visit CatherinePotter.ca to subscribe. From astrology to hypnotherapy and mysticism, you'll stay up to date on classes, consultations, and more. Visit CatherinePotter.ca and stay in touch today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This 
is you, the universe, the holistic mind with Katherine Potter. To reach the show today, please send an email to Potter at shaw.ca. That's Potter at shaw.ca. Now, back to you, the universe, the holistic mind. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. We're talking to Jerry Ayudi, who is a massage therapist who specializes in cranial sacral therapy. And we're talking now about uh, the things that we may not know that we're holding that connect us into ancestral lineage. I don't know if we got crazy here, even past life, but let's just stay with ancestral lineage. And if we're holding something in our body, if we're holding a posture, a mindset, or an emotion, um, do you think we need to figure out why we're holding it? Because we inherit a lot of things, but we don't necessarily play out all of those things, right? And so do you think we need to figure out why we're holding it and what we need to do with it? Well, I think ultimately it's, you have to ask the individual and the client because um, some people just need the awareness, just the awareness. Maybe there's something in that for them. Just the awareness that they've picked up something from their mother or their father or their sister or whatever, right? And it's just a matter, there's some deeper meaning in that awareness, obviously. Sometimes just maybe it's a pattern. Maybe it's a pattern they have. And um, sometimes you need to understand it more fully. Like um, if it is a pattern, then sometimes you need to Um, It's like a ball of yarn, you know, pull it apart, you know, and uh, gently untangle it so you can understand it more, right? So by untangling, um, are we in part looking at is it ours or is it also um, our parents or whatever? So, for example, as you mentioned earlier, when we're younger, I mean, we're influenced by that. Things that took place in the womb were influenced by that. I know just in my own practice as an astrologer and a hypnotherapist, I'm amazed at how many times situations go back to the womb. And it's and and people don't have that memory on a conscious level that they're, you know, maybe mom was stressed or maybe mom was super happy while she was pregnant with us. You know, anything that affected mom and her environment uh, seeps into the womb waters, right? right. And so, so I think my question would be, um, making sure we're not projecting that and saying, oh, I'm angry or I'm sad or I do this because I inherited, but, or is it our own? So how do we even well, separate those? I mean, you, I mean, if it's, if it's, if it's come up on the table, there's usually a significance. It's become yours in some way to figure out why. And, and the thing is, figuring out why why you've taken it on like why does it have a meaning for you why does it come up at that moment um what is it about that experience or that emotion um and that it is important to you it's like working with an image Catherine like you know when um, people come up with past lives on my table often I'll say to them let's not worry about whether it's a past life or not especially if they're um, more scientifically based than esoterically Uh, I'll just say work with the image why does that image come up for you what is important about that image what is important about that experience that maybe relates to what's happening in your life right now I love this I love this. I can see the connection through uh, on, on many levels. You know, we're again, if we're experiencing something, it's so easy and seductive and thinking, oh, yeah, it's past life or it's this or it's my grandmother's, you know, journey. But one of the things that I think each one of us are meant to do 
is to be more aware in this lifetime and so why are we experiencing that in this lifetime and how can we become more self-realized self-aware um, in a lifetime so I think that's what you're saying right why is that image arising for you or why is that emotion arising for you and it may have had its origin somewhere else but you own it now and if you own it what are you going to do with it I think that's what you're saying right Right, of course I mean Catherine I think both of our approaches tend to be very practical yes and it's kind of to me it's like own it and figure out why it's coming up for you in this physical manifestation right now right here right because it could also turn into a gift it can. It yeah. can turn into anything that comes up and and is hidden. It can stay hidden in the shadows, or it can become um, used as a gift. Yeah, and ultimately in craniosacral therapy, when especially when someone goes into a somatic emotional release, we're looking for the person to have their aha moment, right, where they go, oh. Now I see what this is about, right? Now I see what this is about. An enlightened moment. A moment where you can really be witnessing something from a place of non-attachment to it, from a place of really getting the bigger picture, right? Because that's what frees us. And exactly. that's what frees us to go, oh, I see this now. I see it from the perspective of who I am now, as opposed to maybe I've been holding it since I was four, or maybe I'm holding something my mom or dad held or my siblings held. But from the perspective of who I am now and where I am now with this amount of resources, mm-hmm. now I can manage it. So I like that. It's it's Yeah, it's about flattening out the experience. We've talked about this before, where it's no longer something that has a big oomph when we experience it again, because it's been flattened out, it's been resolved, we have resources to deal with it, and we're aware of that, right? Very, very true. I love that. So, Jerry, um, I know you have no favorite clients, although I have been to you, so possibly I would be right up there. (laughs) But um, is there a particular type of client that uh, you would that you enjoy working with? Again, I know you, you know. So, what are you looking for in your ideal client? I guess is what I'm asking. Again, getting away from perfect or, you know what? um, I think the ultimately is. for people to have that kind of uh, childlike curiosity that doesn't bring with it judgment, um, that doesn't have an outcome, um, it's a kind of a frame of mind where you're willing to um, um, let go of attachments that ultimately and just be witnessing experience. So it's a real openness. I mean, ultimately, that's what makes the experience... Um, um, it makes the experience more full and more possible to go in any direction it needs to go. Because, I mean, even as a therapist, sometimes, I mean, any therapist will say that they're somewhat attached to outcome. But one of the principal premises of cranial psychotherapy is that you allow the person's innate wisdom, the person's inner physician, to really direct the session and that you can't be attached to outcome, that it needs to just um, happen in as it happens because there's all sorts of possibilities and probabilities in which direction it can go to ultimately come into a state of health and healing for that person right Mm, very nice so uh what happens though after treatment so are there is there a ripple effect after 
Um, often I'll say to people, especially if it's a physical trauma, like if there's a concussion or something like that, I, I'll often tell people within the first 24 hours, your body's trying to readjust, sometimes more, sometimes less, to the experience itself. Find a new homeostasis, a new place of, okay, this is the new norm, right? This area is released. My shoulder, my right shoulder is released, and my left shoulder has to respond <laughs> as a result of that and find a new place of balance, right? So... In the first 24 hours, sometimes there is some readjusting and sometimes the process is still going on, especially with the somatoemotional release. I mean, I've had somatoemotional releases where an image has stayed with me you know, for, for my lifetime. Like I've had a, a somatoemotional release back in the 90s, 1990s, that is still with me. The image is still with me because it had such a profound effect for me that the image still comes up for me on some level when I'm experiencing something in my life. Can you clarify, are you saying in a positive way? In a positive way, because I had the aha moment. You had the... I understood the image. I understood the implications of the image and what it meant for me on a higher level or an inner level. And so, um, yeah, the image comes up every now and then, and I remember it and go, okay, this is an experience like that experience, right? Okay, I love it, because, because we all have those aha moments, but... Unless we are bringing them into our life and we're, you know, bringing them into our everyday routines, they come and go, but they don't stay. And for something to evolve and for us to evolve, there has to be something. So you're saying sometimes these images will still come up. So the experience you're saying has integrated in some way into your life. Exactly. Um, Perhaps um, in this case, I mean, I think the image had a more spiritual meaning for me. So I... I carry it with me as a symbol of something, right? So, I mean, we've talked about this before. I mean, you have to kind of bring things back to the mundane. So, you know, that experience of that image and the meaning of it lives inside me. And I go to it when I re-experience something that's similar to that experience that may may have had uh, may have may have had that um, pulls you in, gets you responding, gets you reacting. Um, so I can use the image as a resource, right? Is basically what I'm saying. Yeah. Nice. So do you ever, if somebody's had an emotional release, do you ever give them a little bit of homework? Oh, for sure. I often think of homework. That's <laughs> uh, one of the things I really believe is that I believe in empowering the client to make the changes themselves in their lives by, you know, doing an exercise at home, giving something a thought so we can move forward if they want to come back for another session, that we're not just kind of statically on the same issue over and over and over again. So what might that look like? So let's say I've had some type of emotional release and then had some type of realization, you know, a little bit of an aha moment. Um, what would what might be your suggestions, uh, you know, to be able to integrate that into my daily life? I'll um, tell you about uh, one in particular maybe situation I've come across where a person uh, re-experiences being in the womb before a trauma uh, into that place of the initial spark, the initial beauty of their uh, of their of their their essence and so I might ask the person to go back to that experience of feeling their essence before the trauma and um, and stepping into that or or writing about it so that they can remember it in their lives they can re uh, revisit it whenever they need it 
Very similar to hypnotherapy, right? Where sometimes we will experience the event, but being able to go back before it Mm -hmm. um, and release it and remember what happened, that we weren't always just that That trauma. We weren't always just tied into that moment of that event. So we're about to take a break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk to Jerry, find out... If you if you want to learn about hypnotherapy, or sorry, <laughs> cranial sacral therapy, uh, or want to go to somebody, um, what type of organization will help you do that? And so again, we're on you, the universe, the holistic mind, talking to Jerry Iudi, who practices cranial sacral therapy, and we'll be back in a moment to learn a little bit more. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you curious about your unique astrological blueprint? Would you like guidance on how to work consciously with the planetary cycles affecting your life? Are you ready to expand your horizons and release limiting beliefs or patterns that inhibit your growth and happiness? With insight, compassion, and experience, Catherine Potter holds a clear place for your unfolding evolution. For more information, go to catherinepotter.ca. That's catherinepotter.ca. Are you a budding or closet metaphysician, mystic, or astrologer? Do you want to find out about upcoming programs, workshops, lectures, or retreats? You'll want to sign up for Catherine's free monthly newsletter and stay up to date with informative articles and workshop information. Visit CatherinePotter.ca to subscribe. From astrology to hypnotherapy and mysticism, you'll stay up to date on classes, consultations, and more. Visit CatherinePotter.ca and stay in touch today. Are you satisfied with your life? Do you know that more should be possible? Listen for the Access Consciousness Radio Show with the creators of Access, Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane here. Our program offers pragmatic tools to change things in your life that you haven't been able to change until now. What if all of life could come to you with ease, joy, and glory? Tune in to Access Consciousness Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is you, the universe, the holistic mind with Katherine Potter. To reach the show today, please send an email to Potter at shaw.ca. That's Potter at shaw.ca. Now back to you, the universe, the holistic mind. Hi, everyone. This is You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind. I'm talking to Jerry Iudi. We've talked about the physical and emotional uh, issues that cranial sacral can help. So cranial sacral is a specialty unto itself. Jerry is a massage therapist. But even within that specialty, there's specialties. So let me just um, 
Can you tell us a little bit about, I, I'm familiar that there are some people who work with cranial sacral therapy and children, and also some people who work with cranial sacral therapy and end of life. So can you just tell us one at a time? Uh, yeah, tell us a little sure. bit about that. There's definitely a whole stream of the, the um, education um, courses that you can take that are specifically addressing um, early life experiences, pediatrics, um, learning disabilities, um, um, natal issues um, in terms of birthing issues and how the birthing process comes about. And then there's also end of life um, type courses that are about um, the death process as well as uh, dealing with the person who's going through um, the death process and their caregivers. So, Oh, interesting. So the training is how to take somebody through the end part of their life. And I know we're probably not talking about the day of because there's a whole leading up to the end part of our life that we want to learn to be more present to, right? And, and it tends to be the elephant in the room that we never talk about, that we're all going to die one day. And chances are it may not be unexpected that we know and uh, in order um, to have a more there-ness to the experience to be able to let go, to let go of the physical things, to let go of the emotional things, to let go of all the garbage we tend to hold on to so we can just be with that, I guess, initiation of death, right? Because just like birth, there's something amazing coming into the world when we're being birthed out of the world at death. So I find it interesting that cranial sacral can hold a place for that, but also something you just said um, about the caregivers mm-hmm. because... Mm-hmm. You know, for the most part in the world, we're not treating the end part of our life uh, like an initiation. We're not present to it. We're not conscious to it. And so these caregivers must be inundated with um, emotions. So talk a little bit about that. Um, Well, there's definitely um, my own experience is the caregiver is often... Uh, completely depleted and exhausted, um, limited in their own resources, um, often faced with their own mortality, if they if they have time to even think about that, that often comes a little bit later, but sometimes there is a bit of that. Um, and um, it's just, again, about holding space, being their witness, um, and for each person, it's a different process, and you just have to be willing to um, let it unfold in whatever direction it goes without really um, any attachment to what's going to happen on the table. So it is different for each and every person. Um, and um, sometimes cranial sacral therapy for the caregiver is their first step to taking back a piece of their life when they've been so devoted to another person and taking care of that other person. Um and taking, learning to take care of themselves again. So you're not just talking about the cranial sacral therapist working as a caregiver. You're talking about the caregivers who are holding a place for the people. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it be the children holding place for parents or parents holding place for children or partners or whatever, mm-hmm. that they could have been in that process for a very long time and have 
possibly lost a sense of themselves or a sense of themselves or even their own lives and what direction like you can become so absorbed in the process of caregiving for someone else even as a parent I, I'm just thinking even as a parent you know um, we get so absorbed in that other person's life that yeah we lose sense of ourself our own direction our own goals um, what we would like in our own life um, all those kind of things right they're all life changes. I mean, we all go through life changes. We all go through letting go mm-hmm. in various forms. And I always look at, for myself anyhow, I look at how I let it go. Even if it's saying goodbye to people who I spent four days in a course with. How do I, how do I say goodbye? How do I let go? And how, how is that an expression of letting go in my life? In every aspect, sometimes even in a more profound situation where someone is passing away or someone Mm -hmm. like my teenage son just moving out with that sort of thing, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love how you've integrated uh, your teachings, um, what you hold for your clients every day, just into your everyday life. And I think that's the point, right? How can we take these teachings and just bring them into how we're interacting with others and how we hold a space for ourselves and how we hold a space for others. So um, we're coming pretty soon to the end of the show, but what I'd like to cover first is how do people um, who do not live in Edmonton find out about cranial sacral therapy, either uh, to find a practitioner or to um, study it? Okay. Well, um, one of the organizations that I've been mostly involved with is the International Alliance of Healthcare Practitioners. So that's www.iahp.com. And they have both a find the practitioner link as well as a link to their courses there. Um, That's the one I'm most familiar with. And it'll give you any practitioner and their training and sometimes a profile on their site. Um, there's also the biodynamic cranial sacral therapy, and I think they're under www.bodyintelligence.com. And um, I don't know if they list their therapists like, um, like the International Alliance does. And then there's also the osteopathic uh, school. There's a Canadian College of Osteopathy that you can Google. And I'm not sure if they list their therapists, but they do list their courses, right, and where you can train. Great. So, Jerry, thank you for all the information. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom uh, and and um, and for just holding a place for people. And if you'd like to contact Jerry, go to her website. It's jerryiudi.com, or you can email her at jerryiudi at gmail.com. If you want to contact me, just go to katherinepotter.ca or email me at katherinepotter at shaw.ca. So next week, we're going to be talking to Doris Kieser, who's an associate professor of theology and ethics, and we're going to talk about the Catholic Church, feminism, and sexuality. And so again, I say, oh, the places we'll go. So I hope you tune in next week. And then remember this week um, to take a few moments each day and seek that deep well of calm and stillness that exists in each one of us. Maybe we just need to remember to take that breath, allow our mind and our body to come to the same place. Maybe we just need to remember to stop and question. I'm thinking this, how do I feel about it? So we can create that body-mind integration 
and um, just continue to live our life in the most present way possible. So I want to thank you all for joining in to you, the universe, and the holistic mind. And I look forward to seeing you next week or talking to you next week. Thank you for listening this week. Please join your host, Catherine Potter, for another edition of You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind, next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we speak again, have a great week.